0: the hall shoot save smith the rebound stop another try they score
1: brayden McNabb, his first of the year two to one golden knights
0: live from the finley chevrolet fox sports las vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com out of the net extra passing smith settles his
2: shot knocked down it's a loose puck in front now smith scores
0: That was pretty good because Chapman's multitasking right now. He's texting me and wooing at the same time. And (laughs) with all due respect, I wasn't sure that was in your toolkit to be able to do something like that. But now Chapman's uh, on the phone and he is lining up our first guest of the opening hour with John Shannon from Hockey Night in Canada. The former executive producer of that longstanding program is going to join us. Uh, Also an analyst on some of the Sports Night games. I believe he's in Edmonton uh, covering things uh, up there. As we get set for Vegas against Detroit, you've got a Vegas team that's knocking on 60 points against a Detroit club that's taken a step in their rebuild, but both teams could be in foul moods coming into this one. They're on the bottom of the list when it comes to penalties drawn, mm-hmm. and they don't take a lot of penalties themselves. This could be a bit of a snarky one to start let's hope
2: so i think that'd be a really good thing for the golden knights to be honest with you i think you want to put a little bit of snarl in your game especially after the the last outing against the dallas stars
0: so uh let's hope here's john shannon a former executive producer
1: he used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon.
0: And thank you for taking the time for uh, us today on the VGK Insider Show, Mr. Shannon. Uh, are Are you one that believes in the dog days of
3: a hockey season? Right now. Here yeah. we are. This is it. So that's it. You know, yes. The, holiday- the holidays are over, particularly now that teams look at that nine-day All-Star break as something else they're starting to hear discussions about trade deadlines. players heads are spinning sometimes the games <laughs> are the last thing they think about
0: because we've seen some odd results uh, vegas is trying to stop a, a run of uh, two losses in a row they haven't lost three in, in a row all season so they'd love to get in front of that uh, detroit's on the bad side of it last night uh, calgary got filled in in their game there's there's some results that i thought would uh, go the other way and it, instead it's been flipped
3: the other thing that's amazing, Darren, is that home ice doesn't really seem to mean that much anymore no. in certain cities. You know, I, I'm, I'm in Edmonton today, and the Oilers have actually lost more at home than once. And and, uh, and and you talk about Calvary losing at home last night after Colorado, who seemed to be appearing to get back on their horse, are playing pretty well. They came in there and just destroyed them in the first 20 minutes.
0: Uh when you start looking at trade deadline, do you have a date or a time period where you really start zeroing in on what's going to happen
3: on on March sixth? I believe it is. March third. March. Friday, 3rd, okay? March third. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I I think it's different for different teams. Uh, I'm not sure when uh, Kelly is having his uh, amateur and pro scouting meetings. Now, I, here's actually I have a question for you. Okay. Everybody I know. In hockey towns, go south to warm weather for meetings. Now, the Winnipeg Jets are in Fort Lauderdale. Edmonton Oilers are in Vegas. Yep. Like, does Vegas go to like Brandon or Dauphin, or where do they go?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> dolphin would be a great choice. Cruise up and down that strip, but uh, but no, it's it's here. Uh, amateur meetings were last week, I believe, and I think the the pro guys are in town right now, so they get the best of both worlds because it's great for the scouts. Think about this. They get to watch the big club, they get to watch the Henderson Silver Knights, and they get to have their meetings all
3: in the same week. And does Kelly get them tee times?
0: Uh, I, I don't think Kelly makes any tee times for anybody other than Kelly.
3: That's oh, okay. just, that, no, that's just what I'm so, guessing. So now there's lots of teams that are finished their amateur stuff and are going to do pro-meetings next year, next week. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what we're talking about is, and we're still you know, six weeks away, six weeks away from the deadline. Uh, I, I think we're probably going to start hearing more rumblings and more discussion um, probably ten days from now when all those pro meetings are over, uh, and then and then everybody's got to count their pennies and figure out where they are with the cap and where they are on LTIR. Uh, it's it, it's it's one of those fascinating times too that you wonder how many trades will be done with three with three teams in order to be able to you know s- spread the cap issues between clubs and what 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 kind of deals will certain teams make to hold salary cap and will they be able to squeeze a few draft picks out of clubs it's going to be interesting
0: you know you've been around a long time when you notice that the trade deadline's on a different day like I, I automatically i knew it was in that that wheelhouse but i automatically yeah. went to the sixth because it's a monday it's always on a monday but this year it's on a it's friday a, uh, it's a
3: friday yep yeah. it's a it, friday and there's last as I, I think I checked it myself I think it's uh there's five games that night yeah that's so a
0: weird one too it, it,
3: it, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be uh, hard to do but uh, and it all all because it, uh, it's it's so, so many days from the end of the regular season
0: yeah formula. and as
3: you know that um, the regular season started uh, started later this year after Canadian Thanksgiving so that forces it a little later and then you, you know subtract the dates and you get to March the
0: 3rd Tell everybody when Canadian Thanksgiving is, so uh,
3: they know the round. Canadian up. Thanksgiving is the second Monday in October. There you go, Ryan.
2: Yeah, harvests. I get it. Um, so, John, we only you- have
3: we ha- we haven't done a very good job in our country when we have these big holidays. We only give ourselves one day, not two. <laughs> and I've been I've been trying to talk to the prime minister to get two days that, yeah. at Thanksgiving. Yeah, but he doesn't return my calls.
0: I got a few things to say to him too. If you get him on the phone. <laughs>
3: Yeah. he's got a better chance of talking to you than he does to me. I think. Keep uh, keep lobbying
2: for that, for sure. Uh, so, like, John, when you look at the Golden Knights, and, and that's kind of where I want to center uh, this question when it comes to the trade deadline, like, do you have an idea or, or do you have a, an inkling of what direction the Golden Knights are going to lean going into this trade deadline, and how much does maybe uncertainty on, on a timeline for Mark Stone uh, factor
3: into that? Well, I think injuries always factor in. Um, and I think that when you look at any team, managers will sit here and say, well, like, the Vegas core is pretty solid. You're not going to find anybody to replace a Mark Stone. So you're going to be working on the fringes. You're going to be working around. So you're going to find a depth forward here or there. You're going to find a seventh or eighth defenseman over there, And, and that's the one thing that the Knights have learned over the last couple of years with all the injuries. Uh, and the injuries that continue, I guess, with Martinez, uh, that, uh, that you, you, you can always get a defenseman. You can always add a defenseman, and that's an important part. You know, we, it's funny, we had uh, you know, Darren's buddy Kevin Day off on our show today, mm-hmm. and, and he was explaining that, you know, they've got a plan, they've got a process, and two years ago the process went out the window the night before the deadline when one of their best defensemen got hurt, mm-hmm. and then they're in panic mode, in order to try to find a body that can fill in for that number one defenseman. So as much as you can sit here and say, is there a plan here? Is there a plan there? It's a moving target. It's organic. And it changes almost every day. And I think that's what the managers have learned to live with, particularly in the cap world.
0: I heard a uh, best from a hockey manager three years ago uh, now that uh, they said they plan for everything. They, They literally plan for everything in case an injury does happen so they're on top of it i don't know how much truth is into that whether you can plan for everything but it did make sense
3: well you know you know there are managers that when they are particularly on the pro scouting side that when you deal with your pro scouts you sit around the table on a regular basis and say give me the three best players you think we could we could think about acquiring from your 10 teams and he, could you do it? Uh, could you do it on, on on ten teams in your conference or your division? And that's really the big challenge: is to be current and up to date. Because the one thing I, I think, and this is particularly on well, Darren, you would appreciate this. There's a lot of us that watch a lot of hockey games. Um, you know, I I I think I probably watch six to seven hundred hockey games a year. But managers don't watch six to seven hundred hockey games. They're too concerned about their own team. Right. And so they have to rely on their scouts, their pro scouts. They have to rely on uh, outside voices. Some guys have people they trust they can phone and, and say, hey, what about this guy? How do we manage? Uh, what do you think of this guy? And that that becomes a real challenge for a, a manager who thinks he saw a kid and liked him when he was in junior or in a world championship and then hasn't seen him play since because he's not seen him play as an NHLer. Uh
0: that was a good answer that you got from shovel day off because i've talked to him before and he hasn't admitted to me that his name's kevin he he keeps his cards so close <laughs> to the vest the only thing that, that i will say to him is he got me through grade 12 math at crocus plains high school in mr kislavich's class he let me look over his shoulder uh whenever i could and everybody in the room knew that i was cheating off him but they just wanted to get me the hell out of that class well
3: i, I will tell you i i've known kevin as uh, I, I got to know him in chicago first and then uh, in Winnipeg, obviously, from the days that you and I were there, when they announced the team was returning, right? Yeah, and uh, and so my deal with Kevin, for all the years that I was when we were working together, was all I wa- all I want to do, Kevin, is that be able to ask you a question, and if it's a yes or no answer, I'm fine with it, and I'll only ask you one a day. Really? <laughs> so he says, that's just... the deal. So for about the six or s- six or seven years, I would text him and ask him a question. You know, is uh, uh, is, is Maurice's job safe? Yes. Then I'd say, well, who are you looking at? He'd look, and then he, I'd say, who else are you looking at? And he'd say, hey, that's a second question, man. <laughs> <laughs> we made a deal. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's not the deal. And I'd say, well, you win, so expect a text just after midnight tonight.
0: So, Do you have any uh, side deals with uh, George McPhee that you guys have to abide by? George listens to the program all the time on game nights, especially when he's driving uh, to the T-Mobile.
3: Well, no, but I, you know, last I checked, I think he owes me a couple of meals. <laughs> but that's it. I, I think he, I, I think it's a lunch and maybe a dinner. And I wasn't going to ask for a tea time at his golf course, but maybe you know that might come into play soon. That would be good.
2: So yeah. let's slide over to the Vancouver Canucks. Obviously, uh, Jim Rutherford uh, talked about how this team, when he came in, thought maybe it needed minor surgery. Now it looks like it's major major surgery. What are the Vancouver Canucks going to do over the next six weeks or so leading into the trade deadline?
3: Huh. Well, they have one person <laughs> that obviously... They have two issues. Um, and it, and both begin with a B. Bo and Bruce. What do you do with Bo? What do you do with Bruce? Um, I, I would be surprised that... Uh, Bruce is around much longer at this point. Uh, and I, I, I think that it's fair to say that uh, uh, the the amount of calls that he's getting on Bo Horvat will probably deduce that by March the 3rd, Bo Horvat will not be a Vancouver call. Those are the two key messages. The, the biggest problem for Vancouver is, and Jimmy talked about it on Monday, was that they have some contracts that he inherited um, that they just can't get rid of. You know, Oliver Ekman Larson uh, is a massive contract—nine million dollars a year, three more years. You just can't get rid of it. Nobody's going to take that. Uh, Tyler Myers, same thing, big contract. And the, the, the in the in the cap world, without the cap growing as much as we thought it would, he's just he's handcuffed. And I and I, you know, when you're when you're on the outside, when you when you say Jimmy talked about minor surgery versus major surgery, when you're on the outside. You think, ah, it can't be that bad, you know? They got to be able to do something, and I think he's learned in reality now, in the last, you know, three or four months particularly, that he can't get rid of these contracts, and that's really been burdensome to him and to the organization. And then on top of that, to have your number one goaltender go down and not have—I mean—they don't have Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson in Vancouver. They have two really good guys, but they're both minor league goaltenders. Both minor league goaltenders, and that's been that's become a huge issue.
0: Toronto is always fun to watch when things are going sideways. Vancouver, over the years, has given the Maple Leafs organization a run for its money. Is this as dysfunctional as you've seen it,
3: or not? I don't. I I don't like the word dysfunctional because you know we you know and, and. you know, as McPhee's driving in on I 15, by the way, don't forget that traffic problem around uh, on I 15 tonight when you're coming into
0: the right. game, okay? It, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but still keep in mind, I, yeah, I took Frank Sinatra. You know? Yeah,
3: yeah. So. Okay. So, but dysfunctional is an unfair word because we really don't know the inner workings. As much as we think we're smart, and we know about the business and know about the cap and know about trade don't know what Well, they the go press conference really made major. it
0: sound like it, uh, with, with the injury investigation to Tanner, uh, then talking about uh, that he's reached out to, to speak with people about Bruce's job, and Bruce is still well, in it, and I, I then major did, minor I, I, surgery.
3: I'm not defending Jimmy, but I, okay. I Jimmy, think Jimmy had, Jimmy had received a ton of criticism in Vancouver that he wasn't accessible and he wasn't transparent. Hmm. So he became accessible and transparent in 45 minutes. And you know the fact that he was available is a bonus you don't have to agree with anything he says but he did say it and how he runs this business is different the way you and I would run our business um you know i did i agree with everything he said no i don't you know i don't do i think it's fair to bruce no i don't but you know they're in a pickle i don't think it's as dysfunctional as it sounds like but they're in a pickle and, and right now, I think what's very obvious is, and I think he admitted it, they, they don't really know how to get out of it yet.
0: What are what's on the uh, both sides of a pickle? Like if you're in a pickle, what's before you get to the pickle, and what's after well, you get to the pickle?
3: You know, if you go down to that steakhouse on the Strip, Swiss and Lewinsky's, you can get the deep fried pickle. <laughs> so, so you can you can the pickle is actually on the inside. It's the deep frying the batter that's on the outside. I knew you'd have an answer. To
2: never, that. never misses. Not uh, John Shannon. Uh, listen, what? I guess if if the writing's on the wall right now with Bruce uh, with Bruce Boudreau, what's what's leading to this decision not coming down right now? Like, what is the benefit of keeping Bruce in charge as head coach if it seems like it's just not going to be something that that lasts for three or four or four four
3: or five more weeks? Well, who's coaching? Who's taking over? Yeah. Well,
0: who's,
3: and is he available today? I think he's doing television. Well, I mean, but but is he available today? I, I right. think that there yeah. there are things that we don't know about that we talk about that we we don't understand that you know perhaps there was a clause in somebody's contract that said he couldn't once he gave notice at TNT that he he couldn't work for twenty eight days because they needed twenty eight days to replace him. You know, I, I think that there are, you know, that that's one story I've heard. There are lots of other stories, but yeah, it, I, my, it, you know, these guys are paid pretty well. You know, and one of the reasons they're paid well is is the hazard pay. You know, I I feel badly for Bruce as a person, but he's going to get paid a million dollars for the rest of the year. So how I don't feel that badly for him after that. So that's that's. Part of That's part of this business. That's part of the hockey business. Is sure, it's tough. Sure, it's embarrassing. Sure, it's difficult. But that's why you get paid so much money.
0: You're in Edmonton. Are uh, you doing some television?
3: Yeah. Yeah, for your old network.
0: Nice. <laughs> I thought it was your old network, too.
3: Well, you know, it, might have been, it might have been my old network, too. But I'm still on it, so it's not my old network.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's funny.
3: You choose
0: pick and choose when you want it to be your old network. You're either with Doug and I and Nick, or you're not with Doug and I and Nick.
3: <laughs> no, no, I'm always with you guys. You know that. I'm always, I, you know, you know. now the fact that, do you ever have McLean on this show? Does he ever come on? I wouldn't
0: bring him on this show for well, all well, the money that Ryan Wallace has in his pocket right now. You, because you'd, the, lo-
3: you'd lose control of the show, because he, all he would do is be bragging about pickleball. So. And, that, <laughs> and,
0: and, and, the other part is he get me fired, because he'd say something about somebody that would get me fired. So there's no chance. I love Doug,
3: that, but no that, chance I'm bringing him live that radio. Is, that, is, that is a really good point. Yeah, that is a really good. That's why it's great to run a podcast because we can't fire ourselves.
0: <laughs> You're right, and you can edit it. <laughs> you can and
3: do it. We don't. We don't edit. No, we don't. I, there's not one edit on our show. With 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 Doug, I want the opportunity. No, with Doug, and we with, you know with Doug on, I mean he'll rip the. Rip me to shreds, but, you know, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, he, I, I can still get it back at him.
0: He loves uh, his time uh, in manager meetings with George. Uh, I know that, oh. and, and always uh, <laughs> always talk favorably uh, about those things. But I'd always be worried he'd say the, the wrong thing. Uh, you're in Edmonton. Uh, w- what about the Oilers? Is
3: this for real, or is this just a nice little run? They're playing better defensively, you know, and really – the wake-up call might have been for them that night in Los Angeles, where you know the you know the power play got went 0 for five, and the penalty kill was four for seven, and yeah. they haven't lost since, including in Vegas. Uh, and Jack Campbell's playing better, and they're they're getting depth scoring, you know. So in very many ways, comparable to what the Knights do every night, you know. The Stars play well, the depth guys do their part, work their tails off. And you get good goaltending. So the question becomes, Is is it sustainable? Is it sustainable for Edmonton? And they haven't been able to prove that this season. Tonight against Tampa is a huge test for them. A huge test. They go to Vancouver for Saturday night, but I think tonight's a really important home game for them. Particularly, they've been so bad at home.
2: How much does getting a Vander Kane back into the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers help them? It's not necessarily going to help them defend better or keep the goals against down, but it does lighten some of that offensive load that you're relying on Leon and Connor to come up with.
3: I think I think there's lots of things that he helps with Ryan I You know, he's he's a big, tough forward. Uh, the fact that he can play in the top six takes one of those top six guys that has been playing since the injury in November, moves him down to the bottom six. So. They get deeper. Uh, I, I call it the domino effect uh, of, of what happens when a, a quality player comes back. So so Kane comes in, plays well. His, his timing is still off. It's going to take him a couple of weeks to get his hands back. But he's in great shape. So I, I think he'll make a huge difference. And, and there's, there's a lot more confidence when Evander Kane is in the dressing room and on the ice because th- that's the type of energy that he creates.
0: So who's the best team in the Pacific right now?
3: Well, I still think it's Vegas. Mm. I, I really do. I think it's Vegas. I think the one thing we've learned um, is that uh, what what has happened, with what Bruce has done with that, that club, and they're consistent, more than anything, consistent. Every other team has had failures, a lot of failure at some times. Even Seattle went on a swoon. Yeah. Now you got to wonder with the road trips, will, what kind of swoon will they be on? They've had a tough time after that huge successful road trip. You know they're, you know they've lost two in a row, and now they're tired again. So that that that's a question. I, I still think Vegas is the is the best team uh, in the division, but it's not by far, and I think L A. and Edmonton are probably closer.
0: Uh, John Shannon is with us. How long will it take you to shake off the rust and get back into midseason form on the panel in Edmonton?
3: Well. I, I, I was unaware that we had to do them live. I thought we were going to tape them all. But, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, okay. all right, they're up three two. This is my second this. game in three days. This is my second game in three days. Kane and I returned the same night, so we're ready. Oh, did you? Yeah. Was there a welcome back I was, video for you? I, I was. I, I was here for the
0: Kraken. At a boy. Yeah. I, I think the the Kraken are a fun team to watch,
3: and I, I love the, the way that they're building through uh, uh, yeah. offense yeah. right now. Well, the one thing is that, and this is, and just you know, take this as a good hint. The one thing Ronnie Francis laments is we don't have a superstar. We don't have that big gun, and so will he try to go get a big gun at the deadline? Do you think he does? Yeah, I think he's going to try. Yeah, That's... he won't have to look too far either.
0: Oh, is there
3: something? <laughs> uh, uh... Maybe maybe a little bit north into. Yeah, the, I think it's I think it's possible, and when you consider the relationship that Rutherford and and Ronnie have, I yeah. think it wouldn't surprise me to see Bo Harvett being considered in Seattle.
0: That always confused me. It's the upper Pacific Northwest and then the lower mainland. Uh, they they go yeah, together, you know, but you, they're right beside each need, other. We need we
3: need geography, less you know you know and and that's, that's you know we always talk about the border being the 49th parallel, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, Toronto's at the 44th parallel, so how does that work?
0: Uh, Because Toronto has to be different. (laughs) Uh, Have fun tonight. Uh, Say hi to my buddy Gene Princebay.
3: I will. Gene's always a pleasure to work with, and uh, hello, George. (laughs) (laughs) There's John Shannon, the former
0: executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. I I like what he said about the fact that Vegas and the consistency part – we mentioned right off the top of the show trying to avoid losing three in a row for the first time Mm -hmm. that right now the the longest bump because you can't call it a skid the longest bump is two straight losses that says something
2: yeah i mean it it certainly goes a long way into where the golden knights are at right now in, in the standings and you know you you have to be able to prevent stretches where you're not playing well uh from bleeding into three, four, five games in a row. And I think for the Golden Knights, obviously, they've done a really good job of that. They've handled their business in games where they've had to come through and, and kind of halt the losing. And, you know, I, I would look at tonight as, as an opportunity to prove that once again. They, they've got Detroit, and I don't think you've got to look at or you should be looking at the opponent for the Golden Knights tonight, it's all about their game and making sure
0: that they put in that sixty-minute effort. What's your favorite part about Shannon coming on the radio? Because he's the best free guest you can find. Because <laughs> we don't pay him. Yeah, I think, like you, to, think, think you. I'd like to pay him.
1: I think you owe him a Smith and Wolinsky steak when he comes into town.
0: Uh, absolutely, and I'll be tagging along with him and George uh, as soon as we we the reservation. Yeah, uh,
2: my favorite part of, of having John on is is you know obviously whenever he decides to poke and prod at you that's that's certainly a highlight for me but that's selfish the the depth of knowledge like the the fact that John goes in depth he starts to to kind of break things down and you know listen I've I've been critical in terms of Bruce Boudreau right if you're going to make a decision make a decision because I feel like that's the fair and right thing to do but in my in my mind I'm not thinking about clauses or other things that might be at play that are preventing the Vancouver Canucks from moving on. So uh, the different perspective from being around the game as long as he has, I think that's one of the things he brings to the table that maybe a lot of people aren't thinking of. And people like telling John stuff.
0: Yeah, that, well. That's one of his great attributes. And <laughs> and I mean that as a, as a compliment. There's people in our business that managers, coaches, players will not say anything to. Mm-hmm. There's others where there's a level of trust where you will share and you know if it does get out it'll get out at the right time so on top of his layered level of knowledge that goes back to when he was a runner at Hockey Night in Canada grabbing people for intermission interviews uh, to running the place and now uh, as an analyst he's reinvented himself several times he's got that to fall back on and, and managers and coaches still do tell him stuff with a, a level of trust there yeah and
2: he's always entertaining right mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that that I think you you look at with John Shannon every single time he comes on our program there's always a nugget there's always something that he leaves mm-hmm. you with beyond the information that's funny that's fun um,
0: and usually it's at your expense so, so again evolve yeah. or die yes is the name of his book mm-hmm. uh, order on Amazon we have to be building some sales here. I would imagine. Have you guys ordered one yet? Yes. Okay. Chapman, have you ordered your "Evolve or Die"?
1: Well, no, because I thought you said you were going to get me and Ryan copies of it.
0: Because you Theran, wanted a free Theran, one. Theran. You wanted a free one. That's what you wanted well, no, to do. No, I mean you. Chapman. Not gonna... Chapman, he's coming on here for free. We're not paying him. The uh, least you can do uh, is shell out twenty bucks well, and buy uh,
1: his book. Yeah, but but I I would have. But you said that you were going to get us a <laughs> free free copy. So I'll give so you, I'll give I you was
0: one story. For free, okay? No, I don't. But, no, no, no. But,
1: don't give us anything for but you, free.
0: But you gotta, you gotta buy the book.
1: Don't, don't okay. tell us anything for free.
0: Don't know. You're not getting out of buying his book. I'm giving you this, <laughs> this story for free, and then you're gonna go buy the buy the book. So when he's a runner, uh, way back in late '70s, early '80s, uh, it's right in that window. Mike Palmatier. Do you guys remember Mike Palmatier? Awesome Southpaw goaltender, uh, an amazing star of the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of the most famous players of that era with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he was spectacular, and he reinvented. You talk about uh, athletic. That, that was Mike Palminter. He would do anything except basically stay on his feet mm-hmm. uh, to stop the puck. Anyway, Mike was a bit uh, bristly at, at times. So John Shannon goes over to uh, to grab him uh, for a pregame interview with whoever was hosting Hockey Night in Canada at the time, mm-hmm. and, and Mike tells him, without uh, uh, dressing it up too much, uh, basically get lost, but with some... Profanity in there. Sure. Yeah. So, because he doesn't know who John is. John's wearing the Hockey Night coach, uh, coat, but uh, but he gets told to, to get lost and uh, off he goes. Well, one thing I can tell you about John is he does not forget. <laughs> <laughs> and John is great at remembering uh, I and, love that. and having it come full circle. Yeah. So one day he's sitting in his office. Uh, this is the first go around when he's executive producer of Hockey Night Canada. Mm-hmm. And his phone rings. And he is the top cheese in Canadian sports television right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the Olympic producer, the executive producer, isn't as big as, as being the executive producer of Hockey Name Canada for the CBC. And he's like, John Shannon. He picks up the phone, and it's uh, this boy. Hey, John, I don't, I don't remember. It's uh, Mike Palmitere phoning. I've been... Uh, I've been uh, thinking about this, and a lot of people have told me that I'd be really... And I'm paraphrasing this uh, story. A lot of people have told me I'd be really good at, uh, at doing some uh, some television work, some commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this would be, be great, and I'm, I'm kind of looking to see if there's uh, any opportunities. And Chapman, uh, I swear on my life, this is what happens, because I trust John. John says, well, uh, Mike, I'm... Uh, and this is full, it's beautifully phrased, and not an ounce of temper tantrum. John, uh, uh John says to him, uh, Mike, I'm going to tell you exactly what you told me uh, back in uh, 1981. <laughs> Go uh, 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 yourself. Yeah. And hangs up the phone. So that, <laughs> that, that that's like 25 years later and a lifetime ago. Yeah. And it's like, boom, gone. And I love that part of it. It's fantastic. Because you're either friendly on the way up, mm-hmm. and then you hit a lot of branches on the way down, or... I don't know what the phrase is. You're you're a jerk on the way up, mm-hmm. and then you fall flat in your face on the way down. Right. I probably screwed that up somehow, but I think it's very important how you you treat people. Hundred uh, percent. Chapman, now
1: buy his book. Okay.
0: Chapman, you had to know Darren wasn't going to actually buy it.
2: Yeah, you, right?
1: I, I I should have known, right? He failed yeah. on my Kazakhstan jersey. He failed did, on the scarf. And did and, I give you
2: a, a loony the
1: other you day? You did give me a loony. Yes.
0: You're yeah. he, you you did not owe him a loony. You own you owed me a loony. he was in there. So I was I was handing out all kinds of kinds of gifts. So we're going to get back to the Golden Knights and the Detroit Red Wings in just a little bit. Uh, Bruce Cassidy held a uh, very informative session with the media today. We got to see the lines again, and uh, we'll look ahead to this game, which involves a couple of teams really in need of a win. The Golden Knights trying to. Put this together before they go on the road going into the All-Star game. And I think something special is going to happen, especially early. I'll tell you what. Uh, coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
3: We're back to the
0: Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Thanks to John Channer for stopping by. Got him just in time before he goes to work uh, covering the Edmonton Oilers. He is the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Edmonton making a push right now in the Pacific Division. Sure are. Tampa Bay making a push all over the National Hockey League. Starting to get uh, some increased recognition. They
2: are. Um, You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are interesting. And one of the players that I think goes a little unnoticed, which sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Is Steven Stamkos. But I don't think that we think of Steven Stamkos as one of the upper echelon players. Or at least we don't talk about him as much as we do. Some of the other guys. I know Alex Ovechkin is is kind of in, in a class of his own. Same with Sidney Crosby. But Steven Stamkos, 500 goals, over 1,000 points, two Stanley Cups. And I just don't think we talk about him enough.
0: No, I, I think he gets enough recognition. I, I don't think he's underappreciated uh, in, in the hockey world uh, by any measure. Uh, of standard he's having an outstanding season like a renaissance season which which i think is 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 great uh, as far as showing longevity and being able to uh prove that that you're not uh on the back half of your career which of course he is based on time mm-hmm. but throwing up the numbers that he is right now is sensational and and that part is is great but the, between the championships and the um individual honors i i think i think stammer's stammer's well appreciated
2: i see i i think that that has become something maybe that that enters into the mind after having a phenomenal year last year over 100 points and 42 goals he's, he's essentially on pace for that once again yeah. this year um but i i don't think we talk about him in the same way that we talk about a patrick kane or we talk about a Sidney crosby and, and maybe he's not at crosby's level but I just don't. He was think when he
0: came in, like like he was of that ilk. And, and the, I
2: think with you his can peers. Put, And I think you can put him there now. But I don't. Th- I don't think we talk about Stamkos that that same way. We talk about him maybe a tier below those elite players.
0: Well, when he was in his prime, he was right there with those elite players. He, he's not with those elite players now, uh, of course, uh, but. The numbers are still sensational and have been. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He scores 500 goals last uh, last night, not in one game, but for his career, 500 goals in one game. Even for Vancouver, uh, would be uh, would be extreme uh, given what's uh, what's going on there. But uh, but uh, and he's a very likable person. He's a great captain. What he did in the bubble, mm-hmm. uh, coming back for that one shift and scoring was legendary. Um, and I, he's a guy that, uh, that I've got to know uh, both himself and his family uh, over the years. Uh, may, maybe that's why I, I do think of him as, as fully appreciated because I, I'm more on the inside w- with, with Steven uh, than, than you would be, of, of course, uh, coming from Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I just and in, in the last, the last year and year and a half, uh, his, his performance has been if Ovechkin's not doing it, of uh, Stamkos would be talked about in these legendary moments. So one of the things that and the the Tampa Bay Lightning did a
2: great job putting out a graphic that that kind of breaks down Steven Stamkos' his 500 NHL goals. One of the things that I, I thought was just fascinating is Martin St. Louis is still assisted on the greatest percentage of Stamkos' goals mm-hmm. all this time later, and it's it's by degrees, right? 12.2 percent of Steven Stamkos' goals. Martin St. Louis, Nikita Kucherov just behind it at 12%. But uh, it goes to show you how prolific Stamkos was alongside St. Louis and how he's been able to kind of continue that over the course of his career. And just the, the fact that Stamkos, again, follows up a career year last year.
0: And he's on pace for it right now, too. Like, it, it's fantastic stuff. Steven Stamkos, when he broke in, mm-hmm. it was at a weird time in Tampa Bay Lightning history. Yeah, they had new owners. Uh, my buddy Brian Lawton was part of the management group there, and I believe, and I can't say this for certain, but I believe his first coach was Barry Melrose. That sounds right. And then Rick Talkett took over because mm-hmm. uh, I think Barry lasted 12 games or 15 games or something like that. And then Talken took over and and kind of settled things out. And then they 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 didn't they didn't become the true Tampa Bay Lightning uh, until John Cooper uh, took over, uh, and there was a coach in between uh, Cooper and, and Tockett, but uh, there were was, was some trials and, and uh, turns and twists all, along the way with that franchise, with Steven Stamkos, and the handling of Steven Stamkos early on, because he came out a junior, all-world shooter. Uh, we know what he can do, basically, in the same spot as, as Alexander Ovechkin, uh, but the, it was... Uh, it wasn't a instant, perfect success, I and mean, then he had some injury problems along the way, and and hadn't won. So he, I think he's had to battle through as much as any other superstar has had to do.
2: I think you're you've said it perfectly. He's overcome more to becoming this player, to be this guy, than I think a lot of other players had to go through. Just a note: Barry Melrose was his first coach mm. in the NHL. Barry lasted 16 games with the. Tampa Bay Lightning that year?
0: I was in Vancouver uh, on a road trip that was covering the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby. We called it Route 87 Mm -hmm. as they went through Western Canada. And uh, I got word that there were some rumblings going on. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I was on the phone with Brian Lawton breaking that story uh, at the time that barry melrose was out uh, as as head coach and uh, i was working with lots talk about uh, relationships that you have mm-hmm. uh, i was working with lots on on how to phrase it when i did uh, put it out there and there's a couple other people obviously uh, hot in the story as well uh, but trying to move it along and barry melrose that was the first coaching job that he had in the national hockey league for a while yeah and they took a chance on him and it obviously didn't work, but Barry's still a personality, and, and I love talking to him. But uh, it, it did prove that the coaching uh, carousel or bus had moved past him at that time. The way he was working on it, but that that's what I remember about that is sitting in in downtown Vancouver on the phone with with lots. Do you ever
2: miss that aspect of your job? Uh, uh,
0: no, no. Uh, that uh, it's fun. There's adrenaline in breaking stories and being hot on news. I I will give you that. Yeah, but it's stressful. Yeah, it is really stressful when you're okay. There's there's two sides of it. There's one you're sitting on something and you're working it, and you got a relationship with somebody, but out of respect for them, or you need one more little piece of information, you can't get it out. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you're worried that somebody else is going to break it. Sure. So you're on pins and needles doing that. Uh, the the other part is if you break something, what if you're wrong, right? And I and I had a couple where I was wrong, mm-hmm. or I wasn't supposed to put it out, and and the uh, league executive with a team wasn't very happy at, with me and phoned and yelled at me, and and you get through that, and you got to own it, you got to eat it, but but putting something out there. Is so stressful, yeah. and, and I'm not making a joke by by any connotation here. It is super stressful, and the the one of the best things you find this hard to believe. One of the best things ever is when somebody confirms it. Yeah, or, or sends out the same report, and you're like, "Oh, thank goodness I'm right! <laughs> thank goodness uh, that that coaching change actually happened, or uh, that trade actually uh, went down." And the other part is, I can sleep. I don't, yeah. I don't need my phone right beside it. Like Dregs, uh, what Darren Dreger, TSN, goes through, my, my good buddy, uh, and we've been through everything together uh, mm-hmm. from our early 20s working together in, in Brandon. Uh, what he has to go through daily in working those phones and up to the trade deadline, but it's not even just the trade deadline window. What he has to go through in hunting down information and different things that are happening in and around teams it's exhausting. So I, I I have the best job in the world mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, uh, and part of that is I don't have to break any news. Uh, that that is part. And here's, people like telling me stuff now mm-hmm. because they know. I don't break news anymore. You're not going to do anything I, with it, yeah? I, I don't have uh, really an avenue. I'm not going to put it on Twitter. I'm not going to. I'll maybe chime in the odd time uh, on on that site uh, on social media, but I, I'm not going to break news. That's that's my. I like interviewing people, and and the more the people realize that I'm not in that same uh, sphere,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they they I I get told way more than I ever did before. Do, do you? So you feel like you're maybe more plugged in now? Oh, no, not plugged in, but I'm just voluntarily told. I don't have to work for it. (laughs) Like, I knew stuff before. Sure. But I was working my butt off. Yeah, that's fascinating. Now, it comes to me. Yeah. And it's way easier. And I don't have to go through the stress
2: to do it. Do you ever have moments where you hear something and and your initial
0: reaction is, Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: totally. I want to do something with this. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yesterday, I had something. Huh. Uh, I got something it, it hasn't come out yet, sure, but yesterday I was told something about a possible i won't say it i was gonna say <laughs> player or coach <laughs> but that would that would narrow it down It was an eastern conference situation okay uh and and I was told uh by somebody about that it was we were on a, a text string uh three of us, and I was like really well i could nah <laughs> but but i was i i know something's happening mm hmm I just, I would love to be able to tell our audience uh, about it, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't it wouldn't do me any good because I wouldn't the told stuff it would ruin relationships. But yeah, there's there's stuff happening all the time. It's fun, it's fun when people tell you stuff. It's even better when they trust you. You yeah, built up a lot of relationships there. Yeah, I've destroyed a few too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just a couple. Oh, getting yelled at. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, like what's what's the what's the Brian uh, Burke day. yelled at me one time. I'll, I'll tell this story uh, when we come back, okay? Okay. I'll yeah. tell you the Brian uh, Brick getting, uh, yelling at me. And it, it wasn't even about anything I reported. It's about something I wanted to report. And uh, I'll tell you about <laughs> that as we continue. <laughs> on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Detroit against Vegas coming up. Vegas can even its record on this homestand. And we'll give you some uh, lineup information, as well as Bruce Cassidy's uh, meeting with the media, a little bit of insight what to expect this evening on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It's a great night to be scoreboard watching. There's a lot going on around the National Hockey League, both individually and team performance-wise. We'll get into it on one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League. Let me tell you a story, (laughs) Chappie.
1: It's story time with Millard.
0: This actually deals with a a, a VGK player, uh, but he wasn't at the at the time. But uh, the first time that they ever did voting or picking uh, for the All Star game, and mm-hmm. the players would select their 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 teams. Uh, Phil Kessel in. Carolina Mm -hmm. was the last player selected. So uh, I I emailed Brian Burke, who was the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs at the time, just uh, because I knew that he would be sour about that. So I was looking for a quote. Uh, So I sent him a note and like give me a comment on on, on Phil. And boy, did he go off on me, Mm -hmm. like up one side, down the other. So then I tried to talk to him, Mm -hmm. but that, and I was on a street corner in Raleigh uh, trying to sort this out. And it was not pretty. And every name in the book uh, at me and about me. And it was uh, it was crazy. Next night we're at dinner, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's like two tables over. Comes over, gives me a pat in the shoulder. Hey buddy, (laughs) and that's Berkey. Uh, Mm -hmm. He'll 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 go off on you. He'll he'll uh, give you a piece of his mind. He loved my wife. Uh, because she worked uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, along with Brian, so I always had that going for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, but boy, uh, and, and I was sweating like I'd never been yelled at like that uh, <laughs> by by a general manager. And I was on my uh, on my heels, and I was with Kiprios and Doug McLean. And they thought it was the funniest thing in the world mm-hmm. that I was getting screamed at. Mm-hmm. So they kept just egging it on, and they would send Berkey a note and say, "Keep going," and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, but that that one was uh, that one was nasty. Uh, it, it that's I think Berkey's yelled at me twice. That was by far the worst one, though. People Kipper and and Shani and and uh, McLean will still bring that one up.
2: And it was. Over two days later, Uh like,
0: oh, you, you, didn't, you didn't. The, have the, to, next, the next night, yeah, you we were, we you were buddies. You didn't have to do anything to smooth it over. No, it was just Berkey let off some steam. What are you thinking? Who, who does that? Who asked for a comment on that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I was doing the right thing. Yeah, ruined Jen and I's night in Raleigh that first night, but managed to to bounce back. Oh, and, good for you. And, and 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 I thought we were somewhat friendly. That let me know where the line was. You're resilient, if nothing else. Don't you wish you guys could yell at me like that? Chapman, would you?
1: No, I don't yell at anybody.
0: I give you an opening.
1: No, no. I
0: give, 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 give. give,
1: give, All right, I'll play along. I would love to just tear you apart like that. Yeah. It'd be fantastic.
0: I'd get over it. I'm sure Uh, you would. Hour number two, Detroit-Vegas. Get right into it next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.